listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, February 1st, 2019. Strategies at Work now offers previews to the trainings offered. To watch short excerpts from these trainings, please visit strategieswork.com. Upcoming events. The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar. Struggling to find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in life? The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar will equip you with tools for discerning your divinely ordained life purpose. The seminar began in February 2019. For more information or to purchase a recording of this training, please visit strategieswork.com. The Strategic Life Alignment Alumni Event. The 2019 alumni event will be held in the summer of 2019. The topic will be Blocks to Running Your Race. Recordings of all seven alumni events are available at strategieswork.com. The Seminar Executional Excellence. Learn a biblical approach to delivering excellent results personally and organizationally. Attend this training on Friday, April 26, 2019. For information, please visit strategieswork.com. These are challenging economic times. There is much fear in the world. Now more than ever, people need to understand the power of building their lives on Christ. Only faith in Christ can provide sustained victory over fear. If you need help learning how to walk with Christ, Strategies at Work has consultants in various parts of the world. Please see the website, strategieswork.com, for contact information. And now, Dr. Chester brings us the message titled, Building with the Right People. Biblically, the human race is one race with various ethnic groups. Every person is born into a lineage that goes back to Noah and ultimately to Adam. Therefore, each person is born into a multi-generational context of life. A context includes basic beliefs about God and his creation that shape a person's view of reality. At the root is a worldview defined by theology and is then expressed in philosophy, values, principles, practices, and results. Organizational leaders hire people to accomplish results. But how well do leaders understand the spiritual root of tangible results and the importance of a person's context? The context of a person's life has been shaped not only by the person's family of origin, but also by historical events. The confluence of family heritage and history imparts a worldview that is the seminal driver of the context and therefore results of a person's life. Francis Schaeffer, theologian, philosopher, and evangelist made this point. He said, all men are philosophers, for all men have a worldview. A worldview is a way of seeing and understanding reality, drawing conclusions, and making choices that produce results. Every worldview begins with a view of God. All other aspects of a worldview are corollaries of theology. Theology begins with a statement of faith, such as the biblical phrase, in the beginning, God. Whatever statement about God that one assumes drives one's results. In an organization, people are hired to accomplish individual results that synergistically produce the desired organizational results. To achieve that right organizational results requires the right individual results. Given that the result of any individual is the product of the person's worldview, then it is wise for organizational leaders to be excellent worldview analysts. To be skilled at worldview analyst, 
A person must understand the history of worldview development. Knowing key historical events and the implications of these events will enable a leader to recognize a person's worldview. Some worldviews yield productive results and others don't. For those who embrace a Christian worldview, history began with creation. Before humans procreated, they rebelled against God. This is called the fall. The fall negatively impacted both the material and spiritual universe. Because of the fall, a meta-narrative began that will lead to final accountability, judgment for mankind's rebellion, and a new creation free from sin. From the beginning, mankind was responsible to be God's ruling agents on earth. But mankind has impaired and has been and still is impaired by sin, unable to remedy this situation. Therefore, mankind needs a savior. Mankind is totally depraved, a theological term that means by nature mankind cannot be good enough to meet God's righteous standards. Only through Christ can mankind be delivered from sin and fulfill his or her purpose. This will be fully accomplished at the second advent of Christ, and then we will have a new creation. The meta-narrative is a story of history between the two creations, the backdrop of life today. In building organizations well, one must understand this context. Because of the fall of man, there are two seminal trends that tend to largely guide history, total depravity and humanism. As noted, total depravity is the inability of mankind to remedy his fallen condition, and humanism is the innate proclivity of mankind to seek to presume the role of God. Historically, both trends have significantly shaped the context of life for all people. Consider, for example, the impact of these realities on epistemology. Epistemology is a study of knowledge how the universe works, and wisdom, how to live well in the universe. In the beginning, knowledge and wisdom were imparted by revelation from the Creator to our ancient heirs who orally transmitted it generationally. Over time, special revelation, that is the Bible, was recorded by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This enhanced man's knowledge and wisdom. About 3,500 years after creation, the Greeks formalized academic training, establishing academies such as those of Plato and Aristotle. After their deaths, however, the momentum of their work declined. By the time of Christ, there were only embers of Greek intellectual influence. But in the 3rd century AD, Platonus fanned these embers into a small glow through the intellectual movement known as Neoplatonism. Then in the 5th century A.D., theologian Augustine engaged Platonic thinking and filtered it through Scripture. He rejected whatever didn't align with Scripture, and he documented his work, and both Roman Catholic and Protestants embraced Augustine as a seminal theologian. The former embraced him for his commitment to the church, and the latter for his commitment to the authority of Scripture. A few hundred years later, Roman Catholics reacted to the decaying culture by establishing monasteries to preserve and study scripture. The monks were a remnant who sought holiness through scripture and communal living. In the 14th century, the Renaissance began with a return to the ancient Greeks, particularly Aristotle. Thomas Aquinas was part of the avant-garde of this movement. Following Augustine's model, Aquinas filtered Aristotle's philosophy through scripture. While Aristotle's 
spiritual father Plato emphasized the transcendent over the material, Aristotle shifted the emphasis to the material, which exalted the physical world over the spiritual and, in time, emboldened mankind to assume the role of God. Unwittingly, Aquinas empowered humanism. Thomas's work gave more impetus to the scholarship developing at the time. This contribution to the burgeoning formation of universities as venues of scholarship. Initially, the focus was on theology as the foundation for all epistemology. This meant that knowledge was deductively reasoned from Scripture. In the 17th century, Francis Bacon challenged deductive reasoning from Scripture and instead advocated inductive reasoning from creation. This eventually led to the presupposition that knowledge is neutral, which is the seminal idea behind secular education and the scientific revolution. That knowledge is neutral means that knowledge exists independent of God, the transcendent creator. This idea is a fundamental presupposition, an assumption of humanism. John Locke in the 18th century promoted the blank slate theory of anthropology. This view assumed that humans were born with no innate bias to good or evil. Clearly, this view denies the biblical doctrine of total depravity. But by the 19th century, humanism and the blank slate theory combined to secularize formal education. From primary to advanced education, including theological training, the Bible was progressively marginalized. By the early part of the 20th century, most educational institutions embraced a secular worldview. This is the context in which people are educated today and has opened the door for the secularization of all aspects of society, such as public policy, economics, business, and ethics. Now, in the 21st century, the God who created the material and spiritual universe is regarded as either dead or irrelevant. The scripture that reveals the creator to us is disdained. Therefore, doctrines such as total depravity as revealed in scripture are rejected. Mankind now assumes the role of God. Humanism is being worked into every fabric of society. Mankind has largely viewed the rejection of Christian norms as progress. But if the Christian worldview is correct, it is not progress. It is ethical and societal regression. This means that the 21st century is simply an extension of the trends of history as the cultures of the world progressively and regressively abandon Christian worldviews and Christian norms. The root is non-biblical presuppositions that in the end will lead to divine judgment. This is the context in which we live today. And this non-Christian context has shaped most people in the world today. Against this historical backdrop, organizational leaders seek to produce excellent results. To do so, they need people, the right people, people who think correctly and therefore can work correctly. Excellent results flow most freely from the right people, those aligned with God. To align with God requires a worldview based on Scripture, not on the assumptions of humanism. In time, it may be clear that the world's experiment with humanism was a colossal failure. But in the meantime, organizational leaders have an enormous challenge. How do they find the right people who have an excellent enough Christian worldview to build effective 
efficient, and excellent organizations. Though today most people are shaped by the epistemology from a humanistic worldview, there are still some, perhaps just a few, who are shaped by a Christian worldview. Learning to identify these people is a critical skill for organizational leaders because only those who truly have a Christian worldview can produce enduring, effective, efficient, and excellent results. Great workers will have great Christian worldviews, and wise organizational leaders will learn how to find them and then build with them. <music>